some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAleer Reviews podcast, sponsored by Blockbuster. Blockbuster, the Cavaliers can come back from a 3-1 series deficit. Blockbuster can come back in one of these days. It's going to happen. Dude, you, <laughs> dude, you know that you want this, like, Blockbuster, uh, you know, sponsored. I yes. would love it. Please, Blockbuster, come back and, like, email me or, like, message me back in my reviews Instagram. But, yeah. So, welcome to another episode of the podcast. But this is not just another episode. It's the 30th episode. 30th episode. All right. I cannot believe this. Right. Like, man, like, you guys remember that one clip on that episode? Play that one clip. Man, that was a great clip of the episode. That was just fantastic. <laughs> but um, I'm your host, Mac, of course, Mac Movie Reviews. I'm joined here as usual by my co-host, Christian Celebrato, also known as Miss Fomingo. Say hello, folks at home, Christian. Hi, everybody in Blockbuster. Message me, too. I'll hit you up. You're still Slide on Twitter. DMs. So you're still on Twitter, so we know that you, you listen to people. And we're joined here once again by our friend, Robert makes the cut. What's going on, Rob? Oh, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me again. The 4K Master Blu-ray DVD maestro himself is back for another episode. We just had to get him back after last week's episode. Thank we you. Talked- thank you. Two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. See, I'm losing track. We talked about The Crow last, last episode. If you missed it, we talked about The Crow and uh, just some of our experiences with uh, – just physical media and everything. It was a nice conversation, a nice little different. It sure was. And a lot yeah, of people, great conversation. A lot of people like that episode. I got a lot of messages of people saying they like that style. Oh, so maybe, great. Maybe we might great. do it in that style again. So we got a nice episode for the 30th podcast. So today we're going to be talking about some film news because we got a lot of breaking news that happened today, especially a big delay in Warner Bros. front. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to get into the topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about the two babysitter movies, specifically more of the babysitter, The Killer Queen, just released uh, September 10th, a.k.a. last night when we're recording this. And also the a little review of the first babysitter movie, both directed by Mick G. Then we're going to be talking about some films we have seen recently and what movies you can look forward to seeing in your uh, movie theaters that have either opened up and some maybe some box office totals in the return of that old segment. And we got a special announcement regarding our buddy Rob and the future of MMR together at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. So you guys ready? I'm ready. We're ready. ready. All right. Let's get in to the news. This is CNN. Okay. So the news. So we're going to start off with some big news that literally came out actually like a few hours ago. Wonder Woman 1984, which was originally supposed to be released October 2nd, if I believe, 
is now going to be released. It's been delayed. It's going to be released on Christmas of this year. And who knows? That might get delayed. So that leaves the question of other movies that might get delayed, such as Dune, which is supposed to come out in December. Uh, No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie. And um, Black Widow. Black Widow in November. And Candyman, which is supposed to come out in October. So it just leaves on the uh, air what could be going on with, um, you know, with movies. So, yeah. What do you guys think about Wonder Woman getting delayed till Christmas? I mean, I'm fine with it, given the fact that not all the theaters yet are still not open. Mm. And if there's one blockbuster movie that could be out to make some money, it's if it's Tenet, then that's fine, given the uh, you know uh, reaction that it's gotten with its audiences being mixed. Like people are still seeing it, and it's getting the numbers that it wants. But I don't think Warner Brothers still anticipated, you know, the pandemic and not knowing that, you know, how many theaters are still not open yet. I remember reading that uh, theaters like in New York and L.A. are not like expecting to be open until like maybe like the middle of October. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, which is, you know, it's a little hard. I mean, you know, knowing that. They delayed it. I'm happy with it, so that way everybody can see it, and at least knowing that Tenet's out, people there's at least something for people to see. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Warner Brothers is willing to take that risk. So you know, it's it's better safe than sorry. I mean, I had hopes for it, but you know what? If they can delay it, that's fine by me. Right. Yeah, I I agree. Like you know, you're you're putting uh you know these big budget tentpole movies. I mean, you got like Tenet, you know. A big budget, hundred million, fifty dollar plus budgets. Probably same goes with Wonder Woman. Can't take that chance of of getting dismal a uh, box office. Uh, it, it's uh, you know nobody's uh, nobody's well. It's dismal box office receipts, and it, it's it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, right now and, the uh, yeah. but the budget for uh, Wonder Woman 1984 it was uh, $200 million, so they got to make Ooh. that up. Yeah. yeah. Especially with L.A. being closed, um, I believe they're still getting over the rate, over the, I think the ratio is, uh, they, ha- they have to get less than 100, 100 cases per day for every 1,000 in this pop, in this pop. so it's, it's just, right now it's not happening. So. And there is a chance that COVID could go up given the fall because now we're going to start to turn into that, you know, right. cooler, air uh, and everything. Yeah. So there's like Fauci's like saying like, oh, no, this could go up, go down. And it's just, you know, just a game that everybody's got to play with right now. Yeah. So we'll see it, but it's just going to take a while. That's that's. The yeah, of we'll see it. Yeah, it's not like it's gonna go to VOD. Like Wonder Woman, no, can't go to VOD. No, no, no. no. Speak, speaking of VOD, have you guys seen the new Mulan movie? I see you, one warrior knows another. I wish I was as brave as you. My daughter. I am Mulan. Disney's Mulan. Rated PG-13. Streaming Friday. Available to Disney Plus subscribers who unlock Premier Access. I did not. I have. 
How was it, yeah. Rob? I liked it. I liked. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, um, you, you're you're just gonna have to get rid of the uh the uh of the 1998 version entirely. You know, there's no Mushu. The whole take on it's you know different. Uh, it's more it's more like um like a you know full blown action movie. Kind of little little bit of the uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon elements in there too. You know, if you don't mind that, then you'll you'll in the and you can't take your eyes off of it. The costumes, the landscape, it's it's just beautifully filmed, and and um, I, I just like the positive message in there. I, I enjoyed it. I've seen did, people very split about it. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you know I've there's a that. hashtag boycott Mulan going now? Yeah, yeah. because that I do not see the main actress. Um, I I cannot pronounce her. Um, but Mulan, we could just call her Mulan. Mulan. Yeah. Yes, the, the main actress who plays Mulan, she was in support of the Hong Kong police and during the Hong Kong protest. Oh, right, 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 right. So, uh, right. yeah, that's a big no-no. And uh, they do not like that. And, of course, that uh, Disney has also been accused of possibly uh, whitewashing in, or not, like, anti-whitewashing. And I don't know how this is a entirely Asian cast, cast. And I think they did a good job with that. Because when they first announced the Mulan movie, I was like, you guys are going to whitewash this, aren't you? Like, that's the first thought. But no, they did a good job. However, the director is a white female. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the only thing. I don't know yeah. if she's... Nikki maybe Carl. There's some, yeah. yeah, I don't know if she has maybe slight Asian... Okay, wait, I just I realized she's she, a New Zealand. New Zealander, uh, yeah. She, yeah. Um, cool. So... Maybe if that's what they mean by washing and getting, I think so. That's probably what they mean then. So, because yeah. I remember seeing that she was a white woman directing, and mm-hmm. I just didn't remember who it was. That's all. So I guess that's <laughs> what then. They should have just gotten Kathy Yang from um, Birds of Prey to do the movie. They could just kind of switched places. Maybe uh, Nikki Caro could have made a really good Birds of Prey Bird for you, Pre- Mac. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, Mulan, I don't know. And by the way, another Mulan news is that for people who don't want to pay 30 bucks to watch it on Disney Plus, it's going to be free on in for Disney Plus subscribers in December. So stay right. tuned for that. So, uh, Rob, since you've seen it, Mac, yeah. will you watch it in December? Yes, I will. All right, that's on the on the that's on the agenda list for Christmas. Because <laughs> it's just yeah. like I'm not paying 30 bucks for a movie I've already watched. Yeah, I mean. I feel like it would have been different if it was like in theaters, I guess. But mm-hmm. that's what that's the feeling I got too. This gosh, this shit. I wish I saw this in the theater in Dolby Cinema or IMAX. Perfect. I remember they had the whole premiere, and I was like seeing like a lot of people I like follow on Instagram at the premiere, and I was just like, dang, uh, they do they oh, think yeah. this is gonna happen or is this COVID yeah. gonna hit? <laughs> Yeah, it was in the El Capitan in Hollywood here. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah, the whole sh- the nine yards, but gosh, it's too bad. Yeah, you're in Hollywood, right? Have you gone oh, to anything well, like that? Well, uh, I live near, I'm, I'm about 40, 45 miles away from there, uh, uh, east. That's where I live. So uh, I've been to a few. I've been to a few. The last one okay. I've been to was um, the screening for. Uh, Period seven. Period seven. Period seven. Uh, not so much a screener, but like like test screening, but more like uh, 
you know, a premiere where you got to see all the celebrities. And, oh, it is you know, that, I'm sorry. That was, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. That's what, okay. Cool. It was, but anyways, said, it, it was like so many. You said it you was, met Ludacris, right? Yeah. That was at the trailer event. You, the, 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 uh, the actual, uh, Red carpet for Furious Seven when the movie premiered that night. It's it was really hard to to meet the ce- celebs, but the trailer event you had more of a chance. So I met Ludacris, okay. and I met oh, who else? Um, Michelle Rodriguez and Jason Statham. They were they were pretty approachable. So cool. Actually, speaking of Fast and Furious, as confirmed in another news segment. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez in an interview in Series XM Radio seemed to confirm that the new movie, Furious 9, is going to space. It's happening, guys. Why That's not? Going to yeah, space. why not? <laughs> because why the hell not? What do you guys think about this? Tom Cruise is going to space. Exactly. Why not put, you know, Michelle Rodriguez and Dwayne Johnson on the space while I add it? And maybe, who knows, this could be it. Tom Cruise in Furious 7 He's saying, like, uh, I know I'm in the need for speed, and he's just driving a Tesla in space. Just imagine <laughs> that. Oh my this goodness. is where we're going with creativity. I was, I was talking to someone, they were asking me, just like, how did Fast and Furious get to the point where, like, they're about to go into space? And, like, I am, like, watch Fast Five, that's when everything started to change. Because as soon as The Rock came in, it became, like, a heist action film. The fifth one was heist. The sixth one was stopping uh, terrorists. Seventh one was stopping it. Uh, there became like spies. The eighth one yeah. they had to spit spies again, and then Hobbs and Shaw was just superheroes. Yeah, and defi- defying gravity and uh, the rock changing, uh, moving torpedoes on the uh, <laughs> on the on the ice. Oh my God! <laughs> and State of the Furious. This movie, this these I movie series. I didn't even see Hobbs and Shaw yet. I didn't it's see that. Boring. I didn't like yeah. it. it was, I, I liked it. I didn't care. Fun. I didn't care about them. Like this movie's just because Vin Diesel and The Rock are fighting. That's why yeah. The Rock's not. That's why The Rock's not in Furious Nine. Did you guys remember the trailer? And like everyone's like, "Where's The Rock?" And like, "Oh yeah, he's doing Hobbs and Shaw." Did anybody else just realize that's also coming out next year? I kind of forgot. That just slipped my mind. <laughs> Furious Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to come out this year, but you know. I know I that movie just slips past my mind. I was like, "Whoop, that was coming out." What do you guys think about Fast and Furious? Do you guys like it? Do you guys wish it would was over at Furious Seven, or do you don't care? I mean, like, it's a popcorn. There are popcorn films where you can go to the theater. I mean, like, I don't really have a, you know, interest really for them. I think it's kind of funny how they're such bro movies. <laughs> they're not actually they're not bro movies they're family movies yeah they're fa- yeah right that's right they're fam they're a family of bros yeah no it's just family it's just, you know family no bros just family okay. yeah because it's too many like there's not this just family because it's just every movie is just family and with a charlotte Puth song or like you know see you anything again. else yeah what about <laughs> you Rob? What, your, what do you think about the furious series. I, I, I like them. I, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, it, you know, you just kick back for two hours and it's just mindless, you know, you know, popcorn entertainment, but it, it came from a long way from the first one till 
you know you are you're you're saying something right there oh my god it's like you know people like with like it's like big brain movies like big brain you know don't have to think too much big brain (laughs) like freaking it went from street racing to this good god I really think it should have ended with Fury 7. It had the perfect ending for sending out to Paul Walker. Yeah. Like, nope, I agree it, with that. Let's get it back up. We need more money. Because yeah. I think it, Fury 7... Why not? Oh, Fury 7 had made a billion dollars. Well, it's a cash cow for Universal. So, oh, know. yeah. That, they're yeah. going to milk... They're going to milk... They're going to milk that thing till it's... Uh, I heard 10. They're going to stop at 10. Well, you know, they, they've been saying they're going to stop since the fifth one. And Vin Diesel's like, well, that's right. Every time. In every trailer. He's like, one last ride. And then it's never the last ride. I'm like, when is the last ride? Damn it. When they go to the retirement home. (laughs) Well, when they stop making a billion dollars worldwide. That's, you know. Jesus. But, uh, anyways, can I break break my news about, uh. Harry Styles. Yes. To all my, all my friends who enjoy some Harry Styles music, uh. Besides me, I am not the crazy fan, but I love his music a lot. But uh, it was news broke that he is replacing Shia LaBeouf and uh, Olivia's Wilde's upcoming psychological thriller, Don't Worry Darling. And he's joining the all-star cast of Florence Pugh, Dakota Johnson, and Chris Pine. He last saw Harry Styles in Dunkirk, where he made his direct... Not directorial. Oh my god! Can't get his acting debut. Man, I can't believe Harry Styles directed Dunkirk. It was you, you saw yeah, a lot. Really, of that was a flawless movie. But tell the folks who he's replacing in this role. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but Shia LaBeouf. I don't know if you if I said that or not. You said that. Uh, yeah. We yeah, said it before Shia we started LaBeouf. recording. Oh. Okay, but uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf is gone. Poor Shia LaBeouf. He's gonna beat up another homeless man for fries. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. up to work. Like Rob, you saw the tax collector, right? Yes, I have. What was it? Was it good or was it bad? Was uh, that chest tattoo worth it? No, it's, it, it was. Uh, I wish I had my. I wish I had my seven bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It, I don't know what's going on with with David Ayer either. Um, At least the Ayer cut. That's what he wants. That's all he cares uh, about. He just. He's got to get his mojo back. And I mean, I mean, look, this guy directed. Uh, Greats like the end of watch, uh, the writer of uh, what training day, uh, fury, right? I, I even like the one with uh, I don't uh, uh, the Schwarzenegger um, movie he directed, uh, called Sabotage. That wasn't that bad either. That was the one with the, the guy from uh, Jackass, too, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville. No, oh, no, no, oh, that, that's so. Oh, that's no, the that's, last, the la, that's the last stand. Last stand, last stand. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, right, 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 right. The other one, this one, the sabotage had Joe Macanello in it. Right. I always right. mix two up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, Terrence Howard, they play like a uh, elite uh, DEA SWAT team. Schwarzenegger is the is the leader of the team and all that. And uh, uh, one, uh, they they steal like uh, I think something like four million dollars. Now now it's missing, and each one of their team members. Is, are getting killed. They don't know what's going on. Who's doing that? And it was it was good. That was okay. That wasn't too bad. That's and I don't know what happened since that. I mean, tax collector was just it was just a missed opportunity. It's just <laughs> like, they, a they, rough they, career. Let's just face it. Yeah, it's just a, 
they both need to go to even Stevens. Well, <laughs> he just he was just miss he was just miscast. Shia Buff is is a great actor, but that part I don't know what was playing trying to play. Maybe. Like, like, didn't he try to play like a uh, wasn't he playing like a um um uh, how do you pronounce it? He was playing like a a West Coast like Mexican. Yeah, like a Latino. Yeah, he was in. That's, you know, that's not good. No, they filmed it in East LA. The uh, the locations are great. Uh, that's one thing about David. Here. He knows. I mean, he knows LA. He knows the locations. They're pretty good. The raw locations, but other than that, it's just uh, the actors is just. Um, I think the lead was by Bobby, a guy named Bobby Soto, and and then the one I forgot. There's some other like. Uh, Latina actresses too. They they just ah, they just didn't do it. The one that played the 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 villain, uh, he was pretty good. Uh, I forgot his name, but uh, his uh, the he portrayed a guy named uh, Conejo, means rabbit in in, in Spanish. And uh, and uh, that was the villain in the movie against uh, uh, Bob against Bobby Soto. That he was really good, but everybody was just kind of like in subpar acting and. It was just like you know we've seen it before with the cartel and you know it's just it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put a cookie cutter thriller out there so everybody can join during during the pandemic. That's what I felt like like it was you know just by the numbers and like you didn't really care. It's just, you know it's too bad. It was you, uh it it was playing at a drive-in quite a bit. The one right. that I like to go to for like oh excuse me for like a good month. I was surprised how long it was playing for. Wow. And people money. were going to see it. And I was just like, okay, I guess people have an interest in it. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Shia LaBeouf, maybe he needs to go back into a movie theater and just sit and watch all of his projects again for a couple That's of hours. A, yeah, something. Like, he needs to just take it back to step one. Yeah. Other news is that um, director Rob Savage, who was known for doing the zoom horror thriller movie that came out during pandemic called host not to confuse with the host the host and the host uh he has set a three movie deal with blumhouse so he is now a blumhouse movie director so good for him did you guys see the see host not the host or the host or the host no no yet. i want to oh i've seen it i loved it it was good it was really good explain for the for the home who may not know um, what host is about. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, a bunch a bunch of uh, women and, and there's one male in there. Uh, they do a Zoom call and they get an idea. One of the girls has an idea. Let's do a séance over over Zoom and and the things go uh, not what they what they planned and and they unleash something you know that's bigger than all of them and it's. Uh, it had some scares in there, you know, some jump scares. It was, it's about a little bit over an hour. Perfect time for that. Perfect, perfect length. Very creative. For, very um, creative, yeah. Very creative. It's creative for its time, and it's making people, like, interested. Like, given the fact it is set during, like, this uh, pandemic-type time that we're still in. And it fits perfectly for today's tone. And it's amazing how quickly he put this together. And not using oh, yeah. Skype, that's great A. So it's not unfriended. Yeah, it's not unfriended. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. God. But uh, speaking of horror movies, uh, we got some casting news from uh, Screen 5. First of all, Nev Campbell is back 
as Sydney Prescott, the heroine that survived it yes. all. She announced on her Instagram with a like a little quick video of Ghostface. Like, hello, Sydney. She's back. They've also casted um Booksmart's Jack Mason. Quaid. Jack Quaid from uh The Boys. Oh, him. And they also casted Mason Gooding from Booksmart and Dylan Minette from um 13 Reasons Why, aka Clay. That absolute Yay. Chad in unit. So wow. yeah. You guys excited? Oh, by the way, Scream 5 did get delayed. I think we touched on that last episode until January 1st, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you I guys think about? Janu- I thought it was January. Oh, yeah, January. I say January 2nd, right? January I thought you said 2nd, July. 20th. Oh, no, January 2nd. January 1st. It's January 2022. But, yeah, That's what do you guys coming think up. About? What do you guys think about uh, Nev Campbell coming back? I'm excited. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. I'm just excited for the overall that there is a story that they came up with to, I guess, tell. And I have a feeling that Dylan Miglietti will be like some kind of relationship towards Nev Campbell. Maybe like a cousin. And he'll be the killer, like in the fourth movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then, speaking of which, Nev Campbell has a new movie coming out on Disney+. Plus. Oh yeah, right. Clouds. I want to watch it. But, uh, oh other, yeah, yeah, that's right. Other moves is that apparently we're getting Borat too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, Sasha Baron Cor- Cohen was spotted in Borat, like in his character, and uh, it was reported that they shot it in secret, and it's apparently been screened. And uh, this is a plot details, and um, it says that Borat 2 will reportedly follow the titular reporter, who now a famous figure must pretend to be someone else to hide from the public in a meta story. Hmm. So, yeah. Borat. Yeah, I remember the first one, yeah. Same. That was, that was funny. It was funny. I was so crazy. What do you guys think about Sasha Baron Cohen? I like him. He's so funny. Uh, he's okay. <laughs> Favorite, but I, I am just like eh, with him. He's not my favorite. I do think there's other better comedians out there. Uh, throwing a little shade at him, but oh. uh, yeah, I don't care. He was supposed He's to be my... Freddie Mercury, right? Supposed to play yeah, Freddie they. That, that was the original plan. He's gonna be uh, Freddie Mercury. That that was being a good parody. Good choice. That would have been a parody movie. Oh yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad they went with you know Malik and oh definitely Ramik. Yeah, the way yeah. Um, it, 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 Sasha would have just yeah. It would have been it would have been a, like a slapstick almost comedy. Yeah. I guess they had other intentions for it, but uh, I mean I wasn't crazy about Bohemian Rhapsody, but I did like the music and I did like Rami Malik. The editing was god awful in that movie. Yeah. Well, There's you know, a lot of flaws in Bohemian Rhapsody that I don't like, but that's another uh, time story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's because uh, Brian Singer was replaced as. Uh, oh, yeah. Another... Yeah. But, and he was like on the directors, you know, saying like who was directed by Brian Singer, and, you know, now he hasn't directed anything since. Yeah. It's been a very interesting saga with him. Yeah, maybe he'll never direct again, given his... Uh, he probably won't. 
No, the cancel and culture no, is coming. Yeah. And seeing how Ray Fisher is going at Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers might actually uh, uh, like blacklist him for something from Warner Brothers or something. Ooh. I guess the last bit of news we can talk about, which is real late to the topic, is that uh, Mick G, he already has the Babysitter 3 plan if um, the fans want to see it. They should have just filmed it already and done like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like kissing booth where they just filmed it at the same time. And honestly, because like, oh. it's like they know these movies like generally. I mean, you said there were fans of the movies, right? Yeah, there are some fans of the film. And I'm going to talk about because my views of it for the babysitter have changed. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But like if like. But. There are some fans, and I'm sure well, some people like people it, are gonna the majority want to see of people it. like, okay, these ones are good. Yeah, they just might as well just have done like back to back. Yeah, yeah I would have just done it. Yeah, it's no, 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 you know, no harm, no foul. I mean, you're paying 13 bucks a month for Netflix. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's in there anyway. Care how the no, ratings. It's just yeah. if people clicked on it and watched it, that's what matters. Pretty much. Especially like, oh, this movie's so bad. And you're like, oh, I need to watch how bad it is. Exactly. They win. They don't care. Even if the person watches like half of it and then they turn it off, it's still a considered a view. So, yeah. Babysitter 3. I don't know what it'll be called, but Killer Queen 2. Maybe like uh, Babysitter 3. Uh, the Babysitter's Club. Yeah, really. <laughs> Black Cult Club. <laughs> Something 80s like, related Because I think They should probably do something like Queen related because there's at least A Queen song in every single movie Like so far that we've seen Because We Are the Champions is played in the first one And then Killer Queen is played in yeah. the Killer um, Babysitter 3 Bohemian Rhapsody Starring Rami Malek No don't put him in this crap <laughs> oh, I yeah. I'm kidding I know I know it's just I don't want to see him in Maybe they'll get one of the. Maybe Mike Myers will be. Mike Myers will be in this. That's an interesting person. Oh yeah. Cast in this film. Yeah, so get Shia LaBeouf in Babysitter Three. He'll oh, really God. commit. Get the even yeah. Stevens. Oh yeah. Even Stevens, Babysitter Three. He'll commit to being taking part in a cult. He'll yes. join a cult. Uh, how about uh, uh, put uh, put uh, put John Travolta and uh, Nicolas Cage in it? Both of them. <gasps> Ooh, no, we don't need Nicolas Cage. We just need a. Uh, no, we need both. Uh, Travolta. Oh my God. I want we both. just need Travolta. I want both because I want face off again. Can we? Oh. What if we did this? Let's let's just help. Let's help Mick G out for a second. If if uh you know John Travolta doesn't work out, let's bring in Devin Sawa. <laughs> He's his dad, you know. Oh yeah. He's dad of uh, what is it, Melanie? Because mm-hmm. you know. You know, the stepdad of Melanie, because, you know, Melanie has, you know, the parents are divorced. And, uh, ooh, uh, I would Mel- like that. Melanie, in the second one, she, you know what she, she reminded me of? She reminded me of, of Corey uh, Grace Moretz a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say it. Yeah. I, I, I go, is that her, or is that the same actress? No, it's just another girl that I have no idea who. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but speaking of which, should we get on to the babysitter? Yeah, that's going to do it for the news. So if you guys got any news for us, you can always just send it to the inboxes at Miss Flamingo or at Mac Movie Reviews. You know, be like, hey, put this in the news segment, idiots. Send us a DM. Just slide it in and just go. 
Yeah, there you go. It's, it's like a parking lot. So, without further ado, let's get into the topic of the babysitter movies. Both of them, one and two. Why is he shirtless? That's your first question? There's only one way to end this You guys suck. All right, so the topic. So today we're going to be talking about the babysitter one and two. One being released in 2017. The second one re being released actually yesterday, like September 10th. And it's called Killer Queen. So yeah, doing the babysitter. It's kind of like a dual review of both movies. So yeah, what you guys think about the babysitter movies? When I first saw the babysitter... I did not like it. I didn't think it was great. And I was just like, this is a stupid premise. I don't think it's that funny. But after seeing it a second time, my thoughts were just changed. I don't think it is as funny, but I enjoyed the concepts for what it is mm -hmm. after seeing it a second time. Like, okay. Because I was like, okay, I'm not going to like the first time I went into the movie. I was like, I know I'm not going to like this. I know I'm not going to like this. And I didn't like it. And, uh, you know, seeing it again, and I was just, you know, I, I cleared my thoughts about it, you know, went into it again, like, let's say if I didn't watch this film, mm -hmm. and I ended up liking it more the second time. Is it great in a lot of parts? It's not good in some parts, uh, you know, but it has a charm to it that I enjoy watching, like, especially, and that comes with the acting. I mean, yeah. is the script kind of cringy at times? Yeah. But I think the movie is aware of itself, how cheesy and over the top it is. And the film knows what it is now. So uh, my thoughts for it have totally changed. So hmm. I I don't mind the first one overall. I don't mind it. Did we need a sequel? No. But, you know, it's 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 okay. It's not like one of the worst films I've seen on Netflix. Yeah. Shut up. How do you think, Rob? <laughs> yeah, it, it was like kind of what it reminded me of like a, it was kind of like a homage to the slasher movies, like like exactly. the 80s, 80s kind of vibe. It knew, it knew it was cheese to begin with, so it's not taking itself seriously. You got the, you know, gore amped up, you know, uh, some of that CGI didn't, I, I wish they went a little bit more practical. Oh, yeah. That's and, what sells in this film. Those films is the practical effects in that film, in those films, which I do enjoy. The music, the the cringy humor, sometimes you know, uh, you know the and and, and you you know you get what you pay for. I mean, it's on it's on Netflix, so it's true. It's a it's a perfect platform, and you know, McGee hasn't really done anything in a while, so it's a perfect vehicle for him get his stuff and, out there. Given his career, it fits him what he's directed. Right, that is true. Yeah, because did you see Room right. of the World? That thing is terrible. Well, which one is it? That's the one with the kids with the summer camp, and then the alien invasion happened. Oh, right, right. I didn't see that one, but I've seen like you know no, Charlie's Angels. One, I've seen Full Throttle. Yeah. I've seen This Means War. I didn't see Three Days to Kill. I haven't seen We Are Marshall. I haven't seen you know the Terminator one that he directed. So it's like I've seen some of his stuff, but I am aware of how he is as a director. Like, you know, you're watching a McG movie when you're watching a McG movie. 
so how do you guys want to tackle these? You want to go one film at a time or talk about them together as a bundle? We'll do one at a time first. Okay, so let's start off with the first Babysitter movie released in uh, September 20... Uh, my bad. October 23rd, 2017, directed by our man G. That's MCG, not MKG, like I always thought. And uh, it stars Samara Weaving, Judah Lewis, Hannah Mali, Robbie Amell, and Bella Thorne. And the plot is uh, Cole, who is a teenage kid in high school. He is being, uh, he has to survive at night when he finds out this babysitter is part of his murderous cult who need to kill him to get his blood. So Yeah, that's. Given my days, I was a babysitter. <laughs> I never took part in cults. <laughs> if you, you parents right? look into who you're hiring first, if you know that you know your sitter is doing, you know, doing book study by day and then doing the cult by night, then that's that's something you don't want to have. How about you, Rob? Have you ever dabbled in um, babysitting? No, I never have. Never have. Me neither. Never have. But yeah, this movie is, um, I watched this movie, I remember it was first announced in 2017, and I was, it was my senior year of high school, guys, and I just, my first year of reviewing films, so it was a big year for me, and uh, I was like, or this was beginning of my senior year of high school, and I, I had already started reviewing movies, like, in the summer, so this is the fall, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh man, this movie looks kind of competent, and then the trailer came, I was like, tainted love, it's like, da da da, I'm like, <laughs> Uh, maybe. And then I watched the movie. And I was like, "Oh, this is a movie, I guess." I mean, it wasn't. I thought it was at first terrible, and then I rewatched it. And I'm like, you know, it's it's not good, but it's serviceable. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I first watched it. Actually, the I think it was the day it came out because I was just like, you know what? I'll just watch it to watch it because like it just seemed different, and also it's got my boy Robbie Emil in it, so uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so I was like, okay, I want to watch it because it's got Robbie Emil, and also the fact, you know it's a babysit movie about a babysitter and given the fact I was a ba- I've been a babysitter for a long time and uh, I just was like, like I said earlier I wasn't crazy about it, didn't really like it I thought it wasn't really that great then again, like I said, I went into it and I actually ended up liking it more for like for <laughs> horror, it's kind of fun it's a fun horror film. Yeah. But not as great. It's not it's not a solid horror film. It's it's like a passable. It's like a C rated movie. <laughs> How about you, Rob? That's what I felt about it too. Um, you know, you, you we we've seen this story before, you know, the the nerd gets picked on at school and all that. Then then the story it does another 360 with the babysitter involved in the satanic cult, and the, <laughs> then we get the you know then we get the gore level. The parents they're not they're not too bright either, you know. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right here. I don't I don't like any of the characters in the movie. The only person I actually liked was um B played by Samara Weaving. She's actually yeah, she cool. was really good. Yeah, she's I think that's what. Like... Oh yeah, go ahead, Rob. Oh no, and I like the I like the choice of music and. Um, uh, and the you know the, it, it knows what it is you know what and, yeah. and what you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of cheese you know you're gonna get a lot of cringy stuff you're gonna get a lot of gore and and it'll serviceable that's all yeah it's perfect for Netflix you know you just pop just hit play and enjoy you know for what it is yeah, uh, it was okay it was okay what kind of got to me was you know what really sells this movie is you know Samara Samar Weaving's relationship with Cole. 
I think that movie did a really got, good job pairing the two of them. Because mm-hmm. like, you really can yeah. see that bond. They, he doesn't, Cole does not have the perfect relationship or bond with his parents, you know, given the fact that he is in her, like what, you know, like Rob was saying. And, you know, he's kind of like the outsider because, you know, how he's dressed and how proper he is. He still need, he still likes having his babysitter. He has no other friends except the girl across the street who he likes. So, you know, knowing that this girl is, is basically his only friend, you see that through, you know, the movies that they talk about, the, you know, the conversations that they have, you know, the dancing that they do, and, you know, the le- the fact that she just likes to come over, basically, and almost, like, check up on him, because, you know, we see at the beginning of the movie, he's being, being bullied, and she ends up popping, like, his tire, the bully's tire, he sees her as, you know, a big, se- big sister, you know, he right. kind of wishes that, you know, he kind of has, but, or wants, but, you know... He also has a crush on her, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I, I really like the relationship, though, overall that they have. And uh, it translates a little bit better to, like, what it is in the sequel. But we'll talk about when we get to that, when we talk about the sequel. I mean, what do you guys think about some Samara weaving in this film? She was good. Yeah, I just didn't like the good. dialogue between her and B because... When a director tries to write uh, them talking about, man, who would win in a fight, Predator or Alien? Oh, man, Predator would have Captain Kirk on his side and, like, Robocop. And, like, it's just that dialogue is just so forced. I'm like, dude, if you don't know anything <laughs> about, like, sci-fi or, like, pop culture, just don't write it in. I, like, it's... I'm not, I don't blame the actors. I just blame the writer. And I'm like, it's just the actors just reading off the script. Like, yeah, so the alien has this i'm like oh my god it's mick g's writing and you know he's like you he's trying to sell to this movie as like you know film lovers he does that more in the sequel which again i'll mention later but you know he does that settle that tone of like you know i'm gonna sell this movie to film buffs talking about kerr and you know uh you know what's the guy that he mentioned is it denzel or what what actors that he names uh for that Shatner and Picard. Picard. Yeah, he mentioned like you know, you know, he sells that, and then you know, he talks about he. They sh- what's the? Did you guys remember the western that they watched? I forgot what western that they watched. Well, that was uh, Billy Jack. Yeah. That was so Billy like Jack. he's trying to play off. He's trying to play to those you know film buffs you know which we are. I mean, did you guys find that annoying? I did. Rob, I don't know about Rob. What did you think? <laughs> I kind of liked. That. I kind of liked that. It's yeah, enough but, in this film, I think. Yeah, you put a like, little too much. But you know the the uh, you know Mac. I agree with you there about the kind of force right there about the intergalactic team that them two were talking about. Yeah, I kind of like the uh, the Billy Jack reference when they're playing it in their on the big in their backyard. That was kind. I, I like did, that. Yeah, I like that. I don't know, folks. I don't know if. Other folks realize what that was. I don't know. Maybe they're it just might, like it, it, it might go over the heads with with the with some of the uh, folks. I don't know. The younger crowd. How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell that like some of his writing though for the film, I felt like stemmed from uh, Charlie's Angels. Like I could totally see like the humor in it, like in the first Charlie's Angel. Oh, with, like, the side characters? Yeah. And how they're uh, written. 
Yeah, I don't like the side characters. The only side character I like was Robbie Amell because he can play like That's a psychopath. That's the one who I liked. You can play That's like, the can we, one I liked. Can we get Robbie Amell to be a serial killer like in a movie or a TV series, please? Because Jesus Christ, this guy's a psychopath. And uh, I didn't mind oh. Hannah B either. She's like that, you know, creepy girl who has the cookies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was pitch perfect. Yeah, I thought she was kind of funny where she was feeding Cole the cookie. She's like, eat the cookie, Cole. And she just stuffs the cookie in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. kind of but um, King Batch and Bella Thorne, they were annoying. Oh, I can't stand King Batch and how he's becoming like this new Hollywood actor. I, he's trying I don't... to become like the internet Kevin Hart. Yes, and yeah. did you notice now he, his like all of his title credits for all the films are not just King Batch; it's his standard name, which I don't even yeah. know. It's Andrew Bachelor. Okay. Oh god. Okay, since hence the name Batch part, but like he was in Coffee and Kareem. Yep. Recently, which was absolute garbage. Jesus. And oh yeah, I remember. There's another Netflix movie too before this. It was like a robbery movie, right? Yeah, it was like something about money or something like that. Where's the money or like something like that? It was a comedy, yeah. Because I think Mike Epps was in it. Yeah, because it had a whole bunch of African-American actors in it. I remember seeing it like advertised and it like went under the rug. But yeah, Bella Thorne, between him and Bella Thorne, they're both a tie for annoying me. Yeah, Bella Thorne could have... But Bella Thorne was like, she was like, she was like a cheerleader type character and she wanted to be a reporter which already that sentence just doesn't make sense a bella thorne reporter cheerleader yeah Duh. well she's doesn't... like that one of, she's she's the cheerleader because she wants to be a star and you know when you're a journalistic like that where she wants to be like a news anchor you are kind of like a star so i could kind of see that but then she, got, uh, then she got shot in the boob and she won't shut up about that that was like funny, and then it got annoying. Yeah, like, I kind of liked how panicked that they get because every step that they take, like mm-hmm. they knew their plan wasn't going to work out perfectly. Like they're all just winging it because she's like, "Let's call the cops," and you know we can't. Samara's like, yeah. "We can't, we can't, you dumb bitch." <laughs> yeah, but what do you think, Rob? Who do you think is more annoying, King Batch or Bella Thorne? I thought Bella Thorne. Yeah, yeah, kind of just kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she got shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah, she gets shot in the head, and then uh, there's and then there's that really long makeout scene that she has. Oh one. yeah. I thought that was a little much. I was like, all right. Like, McGee is just this you to take home, you sly devil. And they're supposed yeah. to be teenagers, and yeah, I'm just I'm like, like, this is kind of creepy. Wrong. I'm yeah. like, all right, you know, just, just kiss them on the cheek and call it a day, and then I'm, I'm like, nope, we're going all out here. My man Cole just caught bodies. He's a serial killer. Like, literally. He was killing these people left and right. He, like, he knocked someone over. He knocked King Bash over the stairs, snapped his neck, and had him stabbed through. He blew up uh, Sonya. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. That was awesome. She was like, I'm still alive. I was like, okay. That's awesome. I kind of like how it has, like, an almost home alone type of feel. Yeah. Right. Where you know, then, like uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin sets up all the traps, and you know he's, you know, Cole's just digging them up on the spot, like with the firework, like and the uh, tarantulas, like girl, like that should have been like taken care of a while ago with the, you know, an exterminator, but is a prequel to um Saw. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then Robbie Amell has a Clayton death. 
he uh, slipped. He has egg on his hand, and he like slips on a tree branch and hangs and hangs himself. And then we got uh, uh, one of my other favorite parts about Robbie Amila is that he shirtless all the time. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, had a shirt. What, yeah, what's up with that with the shirtless thing? I, I, I think that's the joke because you know a hot serial killer. You know, it's like you know a oh. hot Dexter. You know, I just made me think of like you know, like I said, Dexter and Michael C. Hall. Can <laughs> we explain why they're trying to kill Cole? Like exactly because like they to get um, their wishes. Because yeah, but that's the thing that's not explained totally clearly at all in the film. Bella's Thorn character, you know, she gets like she's the one I remember hearing her wish. Well, Otherwise, King Batch wanted to be a rapper, and I don't know about the other. But that, but that's all explained. In the sequel, which, like, you know, but it's not said oh, in the first film. She meant, uh, tomorrow evening, she's like, You want to be a rapper? That's what makes a deal with the devil, you know? Okay. Maybe then that's what, maybe I missed it, but it doesn't really, like, totally say for yeah. right. you. It's not stressed clear enough. But I like that they had to get the blood of the innocent. So they yeah. took his blood, but the thing with Cole is that he's scared of needles, and tomorrow we were supposed to give him like a drink. We were supposed to be, you know, like kind of knocked out, but he didn't take the drink because, you know, he didn't want to. So he took the needle, pretended he was asleep, then he was about to escape, and then he passed out. And he woke up, he saw him, everyone, he saw Robbie Mel shirtless. He was like, Why is he shirtless? Came back, just like, Really? That's your first question out of all of this? Yeah. I love that. I like that scene, I'm not going to lie. And he's like, so unsure about everything so he's asking them about like an orgy or something yeah and he's like i know you guys have an orgy he's like <laughs> i'm guessing it's something sad people do because they want each other and sad people like to do them and they or something like that and they can forget for about how you know cool they are for a minute or something like that like it was a really funny line i thought that was really funny yeah that was a good line <laughs> That was a good part. But, uh, yeah. I did like Melanie in this one. I, even though they didn't give her much. they get mo- She yeah. gets more in the sequel. But uh, there was one other film that is ten times better than this film that also reminded me of this movie. Where mm-hmm. it's, it's one of my favorite horror films. It's, like, got the Christmas vibe. And I saw it Christmas. recently. No, uh, better watch out. Oh, I like, yeah. Okay. I thought that was, though, when I first, excellent. oh, sorry. Which is an when excellent, I... excellent film. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it's really good. It's excellent really good. film. I thought the kid from this movie, in order, remember I told you I thought the kid from Artist Howl was the, that was him from Better Watch Out. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, Levy Shaw, Sean, Sean, what was it? I told you the guy from, well, Joss. Uh, Jaws, you know, grandson, right? yep, I know it's sad, you suck but, anyway, uh, but that's all I have to say about this film. But, uh, no, it's just and then the ending, we should probably talk about yes, the, ending. the ending. So Cole's like, Man, I'm gonna confront B, I'm gonna stop being a wussy, and like he goes, and everything's all clean in the house, no evidence, no dead bodies, no blood, everything's cleaned up, and B's like, Hey. We can run away together. We can say that we defended ourselves and everything. But then uh, he burns the book that they were using for, like, the ritual. And he crashes a car into the house. Like, how is it, like, a 15-year-old kid going to do this? 
He's 12 years old in the film, too. That is not a 12-year-old kid, and you know it. They said he was 12 in the film. My ass, he was 12. That he should, They should have made him 13, because he acts awkward for a 12-year-old. He should be 13. Yeah, Come he, on, his father's teaching him how to drive. So I was like, wait, is he 12? Is he 16? Like, they should that like, he looks like he's... Like it, we said in the sequel, we're gonna say in the sequel, he aged dramatically for three years. Yeah, the film it takes two years. Yeah, they they all did, both of them did. But like Jesus, like did he he should not. I thought he was thirteen, but he crashes a car, and then you know, somewhere we being gets pinned under. She's like, man, he's like, I still loved you and everything. I can't believe you're evil and everything. And they make out their galactic teams one more time, and you know, it's sad. Then parents come finally. And then it's supposed to be like, I don't need a babysitter anymore. I'm all grown up. And then the mid credit scene, firefighters go into the house and they see that there's no body there. And then Samara Weaving jumps out and she attacks a firefighter and it sets up the babysitter part two. I thought that she turned into a vampire. <laughs> when she did that to the firefighter guy and I was like, oh, is she a vampire? I was like, where is this coming from? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I also like the other scene where they kill the they till the they kill the two cops and all that then then oh yeah then with the radio with, oh, with the yeah. radio codes and all that because Cole knows cop codes for some reason oh he wanted to be a cop that's why he wanted to be a cop. yeah my old job my old job I, I used a lot of, we used a lot of those and yeah that that that's but I I thought would have been better he said the a code seven why would you want it. Why would you want to eat after that? <laughs> I go. You, usually, usually, one thing I had problem there is that I, I, you, when something, everything's okay. It's like you would use a you use a code. I, I think they was they would they would have would have been better if they use say the use of code four. That means everything's everything's okay. But other than that, that was, that was a kind of funny scene though. Freaking Robbie Mel just shot. He like javelin the. Fire poking the guy's head, I'm like good god, like yeah. That's like, like he's like tension to be a serial killer. Like that should be like a spinoff series, like Robbie Emile the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. He's like on meth in this movie. On these movies, he is on meth. He's like, like, uh, like he's ready to eat people. Yeah, and that's another thing we didn't talk about the gore. The gore in this movie. What do you guys yeah, think about the gore? That? Uh, I enjoyed it, but I like I oh, wish yeah. it was more practical. That's true because yeah. I CGI. Yeah, there was some CGI stuff. Yeah, I should have got the guy uh, that uh, Greg uh, uh, Nicotero. Yeah, do the effects. Really. That, that would have been great. Maybe it was a beyond the budget. It is a Netflix movie. Oh, yeah. But still, that would have been great. I mean, yeah. more 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 practical. But a lot of, lot of folks, a lot of these studios, they, they shy away from that for some reason. I don't know. Well, you know, it's more cheap to do... Uh, digital than you know the straight up visual because uh, remember the thing the um the thing reboot in 2011 they shot it all with like the practical effects and then um, the studio came and they said yeah we don't like how this looks so reshoot it with digital effects. That would that be interesting to see the to see the uh, the other version. I'm I'm sure it doesn't exist, but somebody sure probably it would have made it a little bit more enjoyable because I like the thing 2011 movie. I liked it too, yeah, and I liked how it kind of towards the uh, toward the uh, the final the the ending it, it messed with the first one, it just flowed yeah. into the first one. That was smart. It was one of the reboots that actually 
pay respect to the original one. It turned out to be like something that's like that right. Turned out to be like you know, it's it tried not to think highly of itself. So. Uh, there's there's they're planning Hollywood. Well, we can have another podcast about that. They're planning a lot of reboots right now, right? Yeah, and prequels like that RoboCop prequel. That's another news thing. RoboCop prequel TV series in the development, and RoboCop won't even be the focus. Yay. Well, they want to focus on, is that right, on Dick Jones or something like that? I think so, but I'm like, that's so boring. I want RoboCop. I want to focus on RoboCop, RoboCop. Like Murphy when he was when he was in the PD or something? That, that would have been interesting. I think so. I think he was <sighs> Christian. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was so quiet. Christian, you here? Yeah, I hear. I just don't do RoboCop. <laughs> no? Uh, you need to give RoboCop some respect. I know. Drop it. Better alive. You are coming with me. But yeah, what did you guys rate the first Babysitter movie out of ten? Uh, first I gave it like like a D, but now like for after seeing for what it is, and I have to like, there is some enjoyment to have. It's passable. So like you know, if I were a teacher, like I'd be like, okay, the student did a pretty decent job. No, it's not great. Could have, you know, done better again, but, you know, I see, you know, there's fun to be had with, and it's for, like, those people who really enjoy horror, like, immensely, mm-hmm. because this film is not for everybody, but there is an audience for it, so I give it a C. Yeah, that's what I thought about, it was just average, uh, you know, it, it, it knows what it, what it is, you know, the gore, uh, you know, the cheesiness of it, yeah, it's just average, it's, Perfect for Netflix platform. Yeah, just a passable C. Wasn't bad. We seen worse. Out of ten for me. Mhm. I like this one more than the sequel. I will say that, which we should get into. Yeah. yeah so let's get into the sequel. Update me on the Psycho Breakfast Club. Basically, they're a blood cult, and they made a deal with the devil. And they only have three hours to complete the ritual. We could hide out till sunrise. We finish this, we have to go back down to limbo. I love you, Cole. Finally found my dick, Cole! Could this night get any more erotic? Hey, Cole. Kill first. That's some post Jordan Peele era horror movie progress. The sequel is called Babysitter Killer Cream. It's again directed by McGee and it's the sequel to The Babysitter and it's with Smar Weaving, Judah Lewis, um, Emily Allen Lynn, Jenna Ortega, Hannah Mali, Robbie Mel, Bella Thorne, and Andrew Bachelor. And it continues the story of the first film. Cole Johnson as a new junior high student who's later dealt with another tragic blow and then forced to flip the script to ensure his survival from old enemies. Yeah. This one was a little bit interesting. Like, I thought this would have at least made me change how I feel about it. Because mm-hmm. I did like the... Because I did kind of like the trailer for it. And I was kind of interested to see what they were going to do. And I knew something was going to be up with Melanie. And I was... And one of the reasons why, like, we talked... I mentioned earlier was relationship she that you know uh 
she has with Cole and then Tamara Weaving has with Cole. I was really, really interested to see how that was going to play out. But one of the things is what really bothered me was, you know, how on the point, on the nose, how predictable it's going to be in like terms of like, you know, if you were to place a map on the table and you were going to say, okay, it's gonna, we're going to go in this route and the film does go in that route. And however, you're waiting for Samara right. Weaving to show up. Yeah. She shows up at the middle, like at the last 20 minutes of the film. And I was Pretty really much. disappointed of that. I knew they were going to do that because they kind of spoiled in the trailer. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what one of the problems is. I, I was watching some videos, one of them being Elliot's from uh, Movie Files. So, hello, Elliot. Watching <laughs> you. Good review. But, uh, yeah, uh, there was some trailers that, like, gave away a little bit too much of the uh, what happened for this film, you know, and... You know, you just had to watch the trailer. Then you saw the entire movie. What do you think, Rob? What'd you yeah, think that, was, that was I was kind of upset about that. I saw the trailer, too, right after, you know, I've seen the, the babysitter. And I go, oh, the trailer gives way too much. And, yes. Well, not all of it, because I was kind of surprised uh, at the twist. Yeah, yeah. I won't get, uh, uh, yeah. That's one of the it, big things in this film is the twist. Oh, yeah, we got to go kind of like spoiler free, huh? sort of. You know what, screw it. We'll just spoil it. If you don't no, want spoilers, no, we've been spoiling it, I think. Oh. Yeah, we kind of have. So, you know what? If you don't want spoilers, uh, skip to... Yes, skip Insert. to the end where we talk about what we watched recently. No, <laughs> yeah. skip skip to insert time slot. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. we're going to... Here's Put it spoilers. on screen, Mac. Yeah. Or I'm going to say... I'm going to insert, like, Microsoft Science, like, one hour, 14 minutes, 20 seconds. Like Watch that. that be exact. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so spoilers. So, spoilers for Babysitter 2 is that it turns out that his best friend from the first film, Melanie, that he has oh, a crush yeah. on, she is a part of the cult because she, like, started a new blood pack. She wrote her name into the um, book because guess what? She wants to be an influencer. How dumb is that Not a reason? Every, yeah. A, every, cult. like, Gen X millennial. <laughs> Let's face it. It's like, man, I'm going to sell my soul to the devil to be a billion followers. Am I right, guys? Kylie Jenner did. The Arlo Kardashians did. Yeah. yeah. She should have said, like, President of the United States or something. Something crazy. Something. Not freaking influencer. Yeah, that was kind of weak. And then, yeah, it turns out the original cast is back. They're, like, in limbo. They come back as, like, superhuman. I don't know. It wasn't really explained how they were back. Yeah, or how they got back to life or whatever like that, unless, like, you know... Oh, no, I think they said that they have, like, two... They do it every two years. They can come back to try to complete the ritual, but then go back yeah, to the limbo. Yeah, but they obviously, like, came up when... At some point, because they don't say how they got back, you know? Because, like, it's not clear how Melanie brought them back. It's not clear on that at all. They just show up like a light switch. It's like, oh, okay, they're here. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, we get a new character too, Phoebe, played by Jenna Ortega. Uh, I liked her. Yeah. Yeah, was... she was my favorite part was... in this film. I cool. I thought she killed it. I thought like she was, she was kind of funny in some parts. I did like her intro. She was like, she was like, I'm pregnant, and then she just screamed. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, I <laughs> like 
Yeah, for those who don't know Jenna Ortega, she was a Disney star. She appeared on Stuck in the Middle. I didn't watch that series, but she uh, Elena and Elena Avalor. Elena and Eleanor. She, and Al- Avalor. Was, or Avalorn, whatever. <laughs> Another Disney Junior show. But uh, I know her from the series You with uh, Penn Bagley. She was one of, she played a sister to one of the, there was a journalist in the, in the series where the journalist had a sister and, you know, she, Jenna Ortega was friends with Penn Bagley in the series. And, you know, I like the relationship that she had, like she was fine, but I think what Jenna was like set up for her career. I think this was a good performance to make her stand out. And I wish, wish we had more Samara weaving in this one. That's one of the things that I kind of wish for too. She's she's going to be a star, I think. In the yeah, she's been a star. She's blown up. She was in Ready or Not. She was in the recent Bill and Ted. Oh, oh I didn't. I, 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 she plays Alex Winter's daughter in the film. Oh, I heard. Uh, but the first time I seen her was in Ready or Not. Yeah. A couple and wow. I I just picked up that movie. It was cheap. I think it was like nine eight. eight Eight or nine bucks at the Best Buy for the deep for the Blu-ray. I mean, not bad. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It was like one of my favorites from last year. Ending is funny as hell. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I actually went on my bo- my boyfriend and I went to actually go see that in theater. It was a great date mo- date date night movie, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's another uh, thing. I like this movie overall. The sequel, Killer Queen. First of all, the title's dumb. Like, yeah, I didn't played, like the title for it. Yeah, I mean, me neither. They played Killer Queen once, and that's the ending. Yeah, I think it for what it's called. It senses that Melanie is the Killer Queen when it should have been Samara Weavings. Given the fact, you know, she did Honestly. all that bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you realize she has this epiphany, you know, when Cole, excuse me, once Cole says, you know, I love you, and she you knows she realizes what love is, you know, how cheesy that is. She goes on and, you know, she sets up this whole plan for Jenna Ortega and Cole to be together. Yep. And which I thought I kind of wanted to see more of. And, Honestly. you know, how she planned it out. And how she got into Melanie's right. head, and how Melanie got a hold of the book, like you know, and there would have been some more interesting clues, you know. This would have been, I, I think, a more perfect, like you know, build up for a third film. Like if we could fill in the minor details for for a sequel, that would have been a really interesting sequel. But you know, I liked some parts in it, but I'm like, you know, I wish we got some more weaving, you know, like I said. I did like how she kind of redeemed herself in this movie. That was kind of a nice, just refreshing taste on it. Yeah, and you can tell, like, she knew, you knew something was up with her character right away because all the characters were starting to drink Cole's blood because they thought he was innocent. Right. He's not. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, but but he got the bang-bang on, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, every all of them just, you know, have that thing where they explode. They disintegrate and they explode. Did you notice how quickly that, you know, Melanie set up that ritual? Like, who has Honestly, time to build all that stuff? I was like, dang. Just by herself, too, by the way. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The other characters oh, yeah. exploded. Freaking. And I was yeah, just like, I don't like. I didn't care about Melanie as a villain. She seemed try hard as hell. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of fell through. Like I yeah. like Melanie as like the side character where she was helping Honestly. Cole. They yeah. fit yeah. that relationship better. Even though I did like you know Jedi Ortega, but you know, dang, you know. I wish kind of uh, Samara Weaving kind of like had a revenge type of thing, but then uh, I thought that was when they announced the sequel. That's like because they set it up in the post credits. She popped out of the rubble and killed the firefighter. I'm like, oh, she's gonna come back in a sequel. She's gonna get revenge on Cole. And, yeah, and, and they had they had ending credits in this one too. Post oh yeah, the book, yeah, the, the book's the book. still intact. Yeah, and it wasn't burned in the end, so I kind of want to know how Melanie got a hold of the book. Cause did you guys catch that in the film? Oh yeah, cause it was he burned it in the he was supposed to burn it in the first film, right? Yeah, right. he like, burned it in the first film, and you know, uh, Samar Weaving tries to save it with like a pillow or a blanket when this is like just as you know Cole's putting the slamming the car through the house. You know, and then you know, Melanie, not Melanie, uh, Samara Weaving dies. And, uh, you know, I want to know how Melanie got a hold of that book. That's good there's question. like still, there's a lot of, there's uncertain questions that I want to know. Like, you know, how we got to this point, how we got to this. Like I said, there's some stuff that would have been great to address in a sequel, then all this stuff couldn't have been in a, in a third uh, I film. Don't want another, I don't want another film. Yeah, no. we're getting a third want... film. No, I don't want it. There's that post credit scene. Yeah, we, I, we, it's going to set it up and somebody brand new is going to get it. I think so. I've seen like a theory that be like, oh, maybe Cole will get, be a part of the cult now. No, I don't oh, see Oh, no. Oh, I hope not. I like I like the way he is as a good guy, you know. Yeah, Cole's that spiritual guy. He's got that clean cut look. And we didn't talk about this yet, but uh, how drastically he's changed. But Cole, oh my god, I, like, I yeah. do like the casting for Cole. I do like the casting of Cole. Judah Lewis. Yeah, I. Yeah. Fun fact: He was he, he was uh, one of the six people who auditioned for the role. He was one of the six finalists for the uh, reboot for Spider-Man, but he lost out to Tom Holland. Oh, I didn't know that. He, Tom he Holland's a better choice, though. I he yeah. would have been young. Yeah. He would have been way too young. But he looks like a more of a Peter Parker than Spider-Man, honestly. I think he would have been better as Peter Parker than Spider-Man. Yeah, that I agree to. But yeah, you mentioned it, but like this kid did not age. Like he aged dramatically in because first movie came out in 2017. This one came out in 2020. So in the movie's time, it's like two year difference. So if we're rolling with that, it should be 2019. So this kid was supposedly in middle school. In the first yeah. he looks like, and I think they said he's like a junior now. This man looks like he's in freshman year, maybe sophomore year of college. I thought he was at least a senior in high school. Like, that's what I, I thought. He was said he was a junior. He's like, I'm a junior year. Yeah, that's right. He did. Yeah. You're right. He's yeah. talking to the nurse. He was like, wait, you're a junior? He's like, yeah, I've been coming here since I was a freshman. Yeah. So it's so then in the film, it's established that he is. A freshman than the first film, but didn't they say in the first film he's like twelve, or was that like the joke? Because I'm still trying to understand how old Cole no, is. He was fifteen, and they made fun of him because he had a babysitter at fifteen. Now I remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that, yeah. He was a little bit older. Yeah, fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then that more now that okay. Okay. So. But so he 
He looks but, freaking like a man. God, Melanie just grew up too. I mean, she looks. She blossomed. Oh, yeah. God. Jesus, yeah, you're not wrong. So, uh. She looks but, like, uh, Christian said it before we started recording. She looked like Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Yeah, Rob was saying that before. Yeah, she looks. She ha- I like. I like her though as an actress. She's actually, for fans of the Gossip Girl, she's actually going to be in the preview. Oh, the TV she's show like or the movie? Star. It's the new series that's coming out to HBO Max. Hey, you know, uh, that'll be interesting. All of them are going to be like influencers on like Gossip Girl, so it's it doesn't matter. But anyways, uh. What else was going on? Did you guys like the even not beside the su- supporting characters that we knew from the first film, but in the the new supporting characters like Boom Boom? Hell no. Boom Boom. Who like, names their character Boom Boom? Yeah. That's like torturing the person. Boom Boom. I I hate that. And she's like, she she gets killed right away too. Like they're like, oh, you killed Boom Boom. And I was like trying to figure out her name the entire time. I'm like Boom Boom. Boom boom. Yeah, that is really like, odd. What, what's the other one named? Pow? Boom boom pow? Daniel. Or Danny, whatever. I don't know. I'm the new character. I'm oh. saying boom boom pow. Oh. <laughs> the new side <laughs> characters I did not care about. I saw no, really neither. annoying. I mean, but, I kind of thought they could have been useful if they, they didn't were. know that they were going to have the original supporting characters back. Like, they could have been like, oh, I, I want to be part of this cult. Like, yeah, but they did not know what to expect going in. No, they you know? just said, get the blood and that's it. That's what they kept saying. Like, like they I said, wanna... no, like, you know. But yeah, that's I... what I... And then, yeah, it's just like, and then the trailer, it just said like, hey, it's just the original cult. And they're like, here's a twist. It's, it's a new one. His best friend turns out she's evil. Let's kill him. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. I was just so going for a loop. Did you guys yeah. notice how many newer pop culture references there also are in this film? Oh, a little too. I, I thought they went a little too, too much on that. Yeah, a little too much. They the hammered term, in on that. The Terminator really like annoyed me. Yeah, and it was funny, like, you know how we mentioned that, you know, McGee directed Terminator Salvation. I think he <laughs> yeah. likes that movie more. Thinks he kind of wish he got rid of James Cameron's name and just put his, you know. Yeah. Directed by McGee. <laughs> and oh, then, uh, you know how recent this film is, is if, you know, they put a Joe Exotic reference in it. Did yeah. you guys catch that? Yeah, it's like, you, like, it's like, shut up with your Joe Exotic looking ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Like, all that ADR had to at least be recorded, recorded in the last month, I feel like. Maybe the last couple weeks. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, like, whatever. Yeah. That, you know, to, be, to reference that, and Wakanda, because oh you know, because yeah. of King Batch. Then they mentioned the Matrix. I wrote down all the references. Where are they? Uh, so they yeah, give us a give us a list of references they did. Oh yeah, they mentioned the Matrix, Robert Redford, Terminator Two, uh, Crystal Camp Lake, and the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, yeah. They mm-hmm. mentioned. Uh, Tiger King, they mentioned uh, Alice in Wonderland, they mentioned Black Panther, they mentioned Goodwill Hunting, uh, I have some other ones, Indiana Jones, Bambi, yeah, that's all the main ones I, that could stick out. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, oh, when she shot the deer. Yeah, a bill of thorns. Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing I did like out of all the references, though, was the uh, Mortal Kombat video game reference where uh, Melanie. I, I thought that I was kind of cool. It was, I was like, real. I like, I rolled my eyes when that popped up. I was like, are you kidding me? Get out of here. I kind of liked it, though. I think I checked out when I watched, I saw that. I'm like, really? What is this? DOA? <laughs> Was it DOA was it or dumb? House of Yeah, but I liked it. Maybe make Jesus do a video game movie next. Maybe he needs to make a more... I know we got that Mortal Kombat movie coming up. Maybe he needs to do the sequel to that. He'll probably do one when for Netflix. Netflix, hey, can we do a Mortal Kombat movie? I think oh that's the God. one that's coming to Netflix. No, it's coming to theaters. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Oh, so yeah. Netflix will do what they do for Doom Annihilation. Just release it, no one talks about it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Killer Queen is not good. And they played the song once. He's like, she's a killer queen. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, 80s, 90s reference songs in this film. They, yeah, they have that montage. Did you see the dance montage that's in this film? Oh, yeah. When when uh, Cole is starting to, you know, become a man and he starts to, you know, him and Phoebe do the devil's tango. They play uh, Tonto. Jump on it. Jump on it. And it's like, yeah. okay, I will admit that was kind of entertaining. That was. I did like that, that was funny. That, that was funny. The Mortal Kombat scene, uh, that was kind of cringeworthy. I yeah. <laughs> you two thought it was cringeworthy. I didn't think I it was that. I thought so. And they they got that fight, you know, like just like the video game and the health meter and all. I, I, I don't know. It reminds but... me of the game, like because I haven't played it, but I've seen people play it, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, then that then I see what they're doing with it, you know. So yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna get uh we're gonna get a part three. Yeah, part which will to conclude the, to conclude this trilogy, this franchise now. <laughs> if not, we might get a fifth. <laughs> don't push your luck, kid. <laughs> I know we don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I want. I don't want a fifth, but I don't even want a third. I didn't even want a sequel, but you know. I hope. I hope we don't get a series. I mean, again, yeah, because they. Do well, yeah, this is a series to... now. So no, like a TV series. Oh, a TV series. Oh no, we won't get that. Well, we said it earlier in the news. McGee says he's open to make a third movie. Yeah, what, what he, else op- he literally opened the door for himself. Yeah. For that. You know he's getting that. Yeah, so. well, what else is this guy going to do? Nothing. He's literally <laughs> on that. He's, he's literally going down that David Ayer route. He's going yeah. down the same path. He's literally just doing Netflix movies now because his last three movies have been Netflix. He did The Babysitter, The Room of the World, and now this. Yeah. Maybe Babysitter 3 will be like entirely on Zoom. Oh, God. <laughs> Filming it now. But yeah, There's some back. of the demon over the internet. It calls um, over the internet. This movie has a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. How much did the first one get? Do you remember? I think 72 or 70, something like that. Yeah. Okay. The first yeah. one, I would see that being reasonable, but yeah, for that. But then, yeah, I could see that for uh, the babysitter. It's because I just looked it up on Metacritic, and then currently on Metacritic, it, for the sequel, it's a 30. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Oh. Metacritic, is that people. Actually reviewing the movies like regular people. Um, they mostly pretty... take a whole bunch of critics and they compile what a bunch of critics were saying. Oh. They also combine the audience score a little bit too, similar to like Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. There was an there's another measuring system where um uh, they'll get 
people's reactions at the end of the end of the movie, end of the film, and all after it's screened and so forth. I forgot Those what are that was. Right. Oh, okay. Or some, or sometimes they will go out in the theater. I don't know how it worked for the Netflix stuff, or like uh, they don't get just not critics, but just uh, reactions from folks. Yeah, uh, I think they still do that. I think they still do that with test screenings, but not in theaters. They there's people who do do like marketing testing because I think that's part of it. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget they about. Still have to test it for audiences, and then, then I think they do go, go back and re- like at least will take out scenes. But yeah, there is something for that. I don't know how it works. I'm not totally unsure how it works for Netflix, but I do know how it works for like you know how Warner Brothers does it and like other studios do it. Don't forget about the classic uh, filming the crowd being scared by the movie in like Night Vision. All right, for like paranormal activity. Yeah. Those oh, are yeah. Or like lights uh, out. And yeah. <laughs> so, what did you guys rate the babysitter, Killer Queen? The Killer Queen one, I would say at least a D plus. Because it saves it from being a D because they, I liked what Samara Weavings did in the end. I'm being nice by that. I like, because I, I don't want to give it like. A D or a D minus because I feel like that would be too low. I want to give it the D plus. How about you, Rob? I will say it too, like C minus. Oh wow! Little, little not... bit, I like the I like that a little bit. I, I like the kills again, but but uh, yeah, it was Kristen ah. brought up at the, at the ending where there's a whole kind of uh, three sixty, you know, like a, a few, like remorse with with B and all that toward the end, the change of character. About love being there, her her, uh, you know, two kids that she sat. Yeah, I like that. And that does, but uh, I wish we seen more of her character in the movie, uh, more of her in the movie. That that would that would have raised my grade up a little bit, I think. Yeah, that would have been raised my grade up a little bit more too. True, I'll give it a three out of ten for me. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe a two point nine actually. I'm being too nice. Yeah, I feel like that's a reasonable score for it. So before we move on to the uh, like movies we've seen recently and uh, what's coming out uh, soon in Boxer Score, so the critic consensus for the Babysitter Killer Queen because it's a new movie is 35% rotten for the tomato meter for critics, but the audience score is 76%. Cool. See, that's not too bad. I feel like, again, because like when I was watching a couple of other reviews uh, recently, Mm-hmm. Um, some people still like it, but it, and they're still in the middle, but they didn't like it as much as the first one. So I think if you're a fan of the first one, I feel like you're gonna have a mix back with it. Then I'll so. read four critics, and we can move on. First one from Barry Hertz. He writes, "In this new era of Mick G movies, you can simply turn this film off, walk a few steps to your bedroom, and go to sleep." Ooh, Two out of four. Really? Next one's from Brian Tyler Tallarico. He writes, a, de- a defiantly stupid movie with references so bizarrely dated that it verges on fascinating. One out of four. That I will agree to because now that, like, if you see this movie, like, at least five years from now, Joe Exotic, I don't think, will be as big. Yeah. I think, like, you're going to have to be, like, the pop culture movie fan to, like, be like, oh, my God, that's what I remember. Joe Exotic, blah, 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 Terminator 2, blah, blah, blah. But if you get, like, somebody who was, like, 
old enough now age who went from like 10 when this movie came out to like 15 who's probably old enough to watch it they're gonna be like oh i don't remember this stuff i don't know terminator 2 like it's gonna be outdated if the goal of the babysitter is to make sure that they charge drifts off peacefully to sleep then the silly sequel may succeed on those terms alone don k 1.5 out of 5 but we'll end it positive from Stacey Wilson. She writes, if you love the Evil Dead franchise, you'll feel the same about the Babysitter movies. Evil Dead? Oh my god, that's a... I feel like Evil that's Dead. pushing <laughs> it. I feel like, like that's pushing it. Yeah, I don't know how... Maybe because it's wacky? I guess so. But I enjoy but, the first Evil Dead film. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. That's a complete comparison. What the hell? I feel like... I guess if you want to make fun of the wackier ones than that, but... Uh, if she referenced which Evil Dead, that I would be like, okay. No, she said the franchise. Just the franchise? Okay. Then, maybe, but I feel like she's got to say what in what scenes, and then that would make me, like, think about it. Exactly. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast now. We're going to talk about some movies we've seen recently and um, movies that are, you know, are going to come out in local drive-in or maybe some movie theaters are opening near you and maybe some box office totals because there are some movies that, you know, have released. And we actually have two news segments that just broke now. Uh, Christian, you can go first with yours. Mac, I know how much you wanted to see Candyman, but it turns yeah, out the yeah, yeah, cost yeah. of Candyman has been pushed back until 2021. Wow, that was, that's what Ooh, we were talking ouch. about when you came in. Yeah. That was funny. Yep. What, what kind of... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the laughing hides the pain. I know. But let's yeah. talk about some of the other movies that are going to come out now. No, I know. It's funny, me and Rob, I was telling Rob about it, and you came in, and you literally said that. Yeah. That's, well, that's what happens we... when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> what are the odds of that? But yeah, Candyman's pushed back the next year, so you have to wait another year. Yeah, 20, 2020 is canceled. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty sure pretty Santa, Claus is, Santa Claus is just taking this year off. He doesn't want to do Christmas yep. this year. The turkey is not going to be served this year. Halloween's not happening. Oh, no, I've seen Halloween. They want to make it for two months now. Jeez, that's not when you're supposed to celebrate it. You're supposed to sp- celebrate it in October. That's that's spoopy season. That's spoopy. Just imagine from all these, uh, you know, uh, all these candy companies, uh, how much is going to hurt them? Is it, you, know, you can't trick or treat and all that. And I feel like it won't hurt them because I still, my friends and I still go to the, you know, it's a candy store still, so I feel like it won't be as bad, you know. I bought a couple the, bags, you know, but same. As far as LA County is concerned, they kind of retracted. They they did rec- They said uh, trick or treating is not allowed, but they said not now. They retract. I don't know what's going on. They just then they day later, then they said now it's I, not rec- recommended. I so feel like, like if you wear a mask, maybe it won't be as bad as long as people wear their masks. 
and maybe do those, you know, like the trunk or treats, you know, where the little kids go around to the the parking lot. That's so cute. Just Just do that. You don't have to go to people's houses. Just go to the park. Oh, I'm surprised you mentioned that. Uh, For L.A. County here, um, I'm in San Bernardino, but we're we're probably going to follow suit with L.A. County since it's a bigger county. They're saying they're not allowing that. That's definitely the trunk and treat. No, they don't allow that. No gatherings. That's considered like a gathering. They're not allowing that. Well, yeah, that's true. A gathering still, but I feel like if it's more socially distanced out, like maybe the towns can set up something like your local town hall can set up something because it is tradition and I hate, and no one wants to see that break tradition. So there are people who are going to want to retaliate and do something. But anyways, let's talk about those movies. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Halloween. Uh, Don't get oh, canceled. Yeah. And Santa Claus, you better get off your lazy behind and deliver some presents to your mask. But anyway, what's some movies you guys have seen recently? Uh, movies that I've seen recently. So I wrote, I have my list, as usual. So I'm going to go over some movies. These are movies I've seen. So, like, going off from when we saw Jules last time. So uh, that was maybe three episodes ago from now. Like three so yeah. Okay, so I recently posted a review on this, but I watched, uh, I had a screener for Chemical Hearts, the new uh, Amazon Prime original film with the uh, Lily Reinhardt and Austin Abrams. Wasn't, it's not too bad. Not too bad of a film. I watched, you know, some of the like Tim Burton films that we discussed in the uh, previous episode, like Frankenweenie, Sleepy Hollow, Big Fish. Uh, I watched Mortal Kombat if, for the uh, <laughs> guy at the Movies Film Festival. Uh, you watched The Crow. Good. Uh, nice. You know, that was, you know, when we got together last. I watched This Is The Year, which is a Selena Gomez executive produced and is directed by David Henry. There was a whole mm-hmm. premiere event. I enjoyed that. Not, it's, a, it's an okay coming-of-age story, but... It could have been a little bit better in some parts. He, David Henry casted his own brother as the lead. I didn't think he was a strong enough lead. But, uh, yeah. I rewatched the Cheetah Girls film. So if you guys want to go see my little review of the Cheetah Girls, I uh, reviewed all three of them in a post. Shout out to Cheetah Shout. Girls. Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Sisters. Uh, I watched, I went to the drive-in. And I saw Unhinged, which is the Russell Crowe movie that came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And it's not too bad of a thriller. I think Russell Crowe steals the show. He co- plays a really good villain. He's the kind of guy that you want to stay from off the road. He's just this bad guy bad. And he's just oh, wow. at it. He's, like, so smart. Like, there's... All, you, I don't want to say what goes on in this car. And it's just... You wake up the, on the wrong day, you live like a really bad, you know, you got some stuff going on wrong, you know, with your life. But, uh, you know, the, the I forgot who is the main actress in the film, but uh, Russell Crowe does a really good job in the film. But the one flaw I didn't like about the film was how the movie concluded. Uh, it just, you know, it satisfies, but it just is all rushed too quickly. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't feel like a co- full concrete ending film for me. So I watched that, and then I watched all three Bill and Ted movies. The the new one was awesome. If you're a Bill and Ted fan, like I am, 
You're gonna love this one. Just yeah, I gotta see as good the third as the one. sequel, Damn. and just as good as the first. It. I like oh, the fact that okay. they bring. In, I like the fact that what they do with this, their daughters. It is a little shorter for its runtime. I think it could have gone on a little bit more, because it does feel a little bit rushed at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not used. To, I'm not. I'm not used to seeing Keanu with without a beard. Same. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense. I know he looks like a ba- he's he has such a baby face in the film, and I do like Alex Winter in it. And they still have that same chemistry friendship, which I really liked in the first, you know, two films. It's oh, still yeah. there here. That's what really sells it. And their daughters are casted perfectly, like with Samara Weaving. You know, who we talked about how great she was in The Babysitter. She's still great. And uh, what else is really good? Jamea Mayas from Glee and like the Paul Blart oh. Mall Cop movies is in it. Yeah. Uh. I was like, okay. So uh uh they have Kid Cuddy in it for some reason. Because yes. they oh, bring in all sorts of like musicians to come together to create the uh a song that will save the universe. That and makes they sense. do create a song. I mean it, it it was it was something else. So it's a fun fun film for like rock hard fans and uh Bill and Ted fans. It's satisf- like it's one of those films like you didn't think you were gonna need like a third right. or yeah. It's like one of those satisfying like ones where like this it's like a series where they can continue on. Like I could see another Bill and Ted happening soon because people have really liked this movie a lot. I've only seen like one bad review, but other than that, everyone thought it's been pretty good and I've really so I was really sold on it, and even especially for the direction, though. I just, like I said, it could have been a little bit longer with its runtime. Like, I felt like we didn't get enough. It's directed by Dean Presot, who's, like, directed uh, a few different films, like, uh, who did, like, Red 2, Fun with Dick and Jane. So it was, like, you know, th- he's directed not the best films, but this right. is probably, like, his best film. Oh, he's also director of Galaxy Quest. Fun with Dick and Jane is a classic. Yeah, Yeah, the one with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah. But how how was your driving experience, though? Yeah. My driving experience has been good. This was the second time I went. I think it's... uh, I think it's the best thing economically for films at the moment. Uh, So, like, for a film to see, like, Unhinged and Bill and Ted at the drive-in is perfect. So, because it has that like road rage kind of vibe, roady film, like you can watch it in your car, just take out, you know, your lawn chair, just sit near your car and just listen to it. It's, and you know, it has that, those are the type of films that really do great at a drive in. And mm-hmm. like, uh, the th- drive in I went to was showing the tax collector, but it wasn't, it was, it was done. <laughs> funny, but, like, oh, you know, gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, it was literally playing there for like a month, like I was saying. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, but, right. uh, yeah, so it's I, I think it's the best idea. I IFC uh Midnight has been doing a lot of their uh releasing their films at drive ins, which is beneficial, I think personally, because it's like, you know, who who else wants to see a drive in? Goes to their drive in to see like, you know, a horror film because they showed the relic there, they showed the rental at the drive-ins, like, across the country. They showed the ratchet at a couple of drive-ins. So, it's like, you know, IFC 
Nightmare has been really thriving off of that recently. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect uh, platform for them, you know. Yeah, especially knowing they're an independent film company. Right. That, you know, right. a lot of drive-in theaters are very much independent, you know, theaters. It's nice to see, like, two independent ideas come together to, you know, create something big, you know, for audiences to enjoy. And then I watched the Babysitter movies, and uh, I'm going to watch the High Note tonight. So... <laughs> Yeah, so that's all I've watched recently. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I've been getting. Uh, I I haven't ventured to the drive-in yet, uh, but uh, other films I've been I've been uh, like uh, I was telling Mac I just got in uh, a delivery from the UPS guy just came a few when well, we took a little break here. Uh, the Rob Zombie trilogy steelbook from Target just came by. Oh, which, which, which what comes is, in it? Uh, the House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, The Double oh, right. Re- Rejects, okay. Unrated, and Three from Hell. I haven't seen Three oh, okay. from Hell or Thousand Corpses yet, so check that out. And I've uh, seen Mulan. Everybody's kind of divided on that. But I, I couldn't, you know what? Price, I, I couldn't wait to see this movie. Uh, I just wanted to see it and... And but you know when I was as I was watching that my thoughts were like gosh this this has to be seen in the theater. Were, were you a fan of the uh, original nineteen ninety eight version of Mulan? Yeah, I lo- I loved yeah I liked it I loved it yeah, but you're not gonna you you could take all that this is a different interpretation entirely so they're going for a more serious kind of um uh vision this time you know with action and all that but the landscape the uh, the cinematography the costumes it's just action scenes you know uh, look at this cast you got like time out playing the father uh rosalind chow from joy luck playing the mother of mulan and donnie yen jet lee Mm-hmm. Look at this cast. I mean, this is a good cast. Yeah, Jet uh, Jet Li is kind of like yeah, uh, you know, kind of stoic, kind of emperor. You don't see that he's not doing the actions, but Donnie Yen shows a little of his uh, swordsmanship right there in the one scene uh, in front of his in front of the troops and all that. That was kind of neat. And I like it for you know, and you know, you got all that other stuff for the actresses. You know, on the side with the Hong Kong police boycotting, but I, you know what, I, I took what the movie was instead of you know what the political views, you know, would yeah. I try not to sway in what the movie did for me, and and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and and if uh, if it's worth thirty bucks, I I, I thought it was worth it, because like you know. It's like this. You want to see it or you don't. You want to wait the three months. I, could, I couldn't wait till December. I'm sorry. I couldn't wait. <laughs> you know. And um, I just, I, I just been pre, I've just been ordering discs like crazy. I got the both of the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey there. Goonies. Goonies is an excellent transfer on 4K. Ooh, nice. Excellent. Uh, the sound of I wish they went to Adobe Atmos track, but they, it's one thing. Uh, it's a it's a DTS X, I think. So just as mm-hmm. good. 
I haven't got to and I haven't got to see Beetlejuice yet. I got that too. So uh, I'm not a bit. I'm not a huge Beetlejuice fan. No, I don't know no, I couldn't no. get into it. I really wanted to see uh, the Broadway play. But there, so. there, like, there's a lot of catalog titles coming in. My UPS guy is probably gonna get sick of me, probably. Huh? God, there's like uh, part uh, they, they, uh, uh, the Stephen King Five uh, movie collection is coming out. I think you get uh, Silver Bullet with Gary Busey, a werewolf movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, both versions of uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh. Okay. Uh, I I have I have I uh, I didn't like the recent one. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, I didn't it. like. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was like one of the first movies I actually ended up watching on like Hulu when I got Hulu recently, and I was like, nah. They could have done someone. It had a good cast though, right? Yeah, I had a pretty decent cast, but I didn't like the mm-hmm. way. Uh, it, you know how it ended up. They, and it also has. Uh, I think this is the. I think the best Stephen King uh, no, uh, novel that went to for a film for a film is version, which is uh, the Dead Zone with uh, Christopher Walken. I don't know. If that's and if, I don't know if you guys seen that or not. There was a series on USA a while back. Um, I haven't seen it. But the movie is just oh god, uh, Christopher Walken awesome in that it's just you know it's directed by david cronenberg director of of the fly and all the remake of the fly and all that so it has that really unique vision and it real it's really like uh uh a haunting kind of movie in a way you kind of feel for him because you know he gets into a car accident he uh he was about to marry his fiance. He's just—I think—I believe he's just a school teacher. He's into a seven-year in the seven-year coma. Then you got like a Martin Sheen in there. He plays like this uh, up-and-coming politician that has, you know. Then he, when he wakes up, he acquires his power. He could see touching your hand. He could see the past or your future. Oh, okay. And it's ex- it's excellent. Uh, has some sides. They had some kind of like side stories, which was good. And the main story that I was a lot a lot of times our movie messes up when they have a when they have like a little side story. And it goes off track. Then this one does a really good job of a little little. I, I, that's what I was afraid of. Oh God! But they they did an excellent job with the side story and and the main story and the focuses. It has like little side characters along the way who uh, Chris Walker befriends, like the doctor. He helps with the finding out the identity of a serial killer. You know, yeah. e- e- each each character it reveals something about them: the reach of the past or the present. Very good movie. I think that's the mm-hmm. best Stephen King. I, I I like it better than it. I think for me. Oh, okay. So so far. And uh, I like that, and I think a good adaptation is Christine. Those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that people like Christine a lot. You got Shining too, but I, I, I just thought the Dead Zone was just, for what it was, it just more enjoyable and 
it's a pretty crazy ride. So that's coming out. And uh, oh yeah, they're they're re-releasing um, twenty-one and twenty-two Jump Street on the first time on four K. They're putting it <laughs> together. Oh, that's awesome. See Sony, Ooh. Sony. What I like about them, they I, I don't know what it is that their their restorations there. Uh, uh, some of it's already on 4K. Like Chappie was already on 4K for the Blu-ray version. It's a 4K uh, restoration. So a lot a lot of their stuff is if it's a Sony Columbia release, it's it's on point. And like like a good transfer was. Um, uh, Bad Boys for Life. Mm-hmm. That's a awesome picture. Sound too. It's just, it's just like you're just in the theater again. But that's that's what they're working. That's what a lot of the studios are doing now. Is like a lot of these catalog titles. Oh, then Pitch Black came out on Arrow. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these studios are going into the 4K game now. Arrow Video, Shout Factory. Mhm. So we're we're gonna see a lot of them until, you know, there's there's nothing new out there right now. So we're gonna see a lot of Cadillac titles. I I believe Back to the Future trilogy is coming out in October. Yeah, I already have the uh, Blu-rays of it, so I don't even need the 4Ks. <laughs> oh, if you see a 4K, boy, it's it's like a different world. I mean the. For me, like uh, I think it's worth the upgrade. I think, especially Universal doing a good job. They just did the Hitchcock collection, the four films of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. I, I I saw I saw I saw a little bit of the. I gotta I gotta work on that one. I saw a little bit of Psycho, and that's a very very good uh, transfer on that. I gotta see the other ones, the rear window, Vertigo, and Birds on there. But I'm sure their transfers are good. That's the thing. That's 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 the thing. If if the if the studio puts a little effort in there, you can have a good good trend. Just don't just don't put a name on there and don't do anything about it. Just yeah. you, can do the, you can do the lazy way. Just port the features from the Blu-ray onto the onto the 4K and call it a day. But if they put some work, I think Universal, especially Columbia, Sony, and Warner Brothers, they do excellent work, I think, of their of their transfers. So we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more in the in the, in the coming months, I think. Uh, so what I've seen in my uh, in my recent time is the babysitter movies. I have to say, and uh, what do you call it? What's that movie called? Oh, Menace Society. Oh. Oh, okay. Good choice. So, yeah. I like Menace Society. I didn't even know it was on Netflix. It's like one of those times where like you're scrolling through Netflix and you're like, whoa, what are you doing on here? <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. But yeah, Menace Society, good movie. Good West Coast movie, honestly. But, Is that uh, it? Yeah, really. I've been yeah. a lot of busy and it's like a lot of what the we watch a lot of TV and like catching up on and, TV and YouTube and stuff. Have you guys watched the new season of The Boys? I'm going to actually finish watching that tonight because the new um, episode just came out. Oh, you're right. No, I, I, you, know, you know what? That's what everybody's saying. Pretty good so far. I'm enjoying Pretty it. Pretty good? 
Is it is it pretty is it pretty uh it's like a adult take on the superheroes, I think. That's what it is, right? Yeah, it's a much more mature adult humor take. And it's based on a comic book series that oh, okay. Seth Goldberg and Evan Goldberg produced this. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, so... I've got to binge that. Just, yeah. yeah, great binge. For, uh, yeah, this season... The first season's only... a great... First season's a great binge. I, I downloaded all the episodes when I was like, you know, I want to... I, I went on a vacation last year when we used to go on vacation, and I downloaded all the episodes. So, like, if there was a night in the hotel room, I would just, like, watch that, like, and, you know, even on the plane, I was, like, watching episodes of The Boys, and it was a really a good binge-worthy series. Yeah, I really don't do TV shows too much, but I, you know, I've been watching the, like, Elliot Movie Files and and David Bookstock. They've been talking about, like, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, a lot of people are getting on that hook, but I don't have HBO <laughs> Max. Oh, so, uh, Jack, get on that for me, please. Uh, maybe. Everybody's so hyped about this show. You know, yeah. I really, I, and I took, I, I got, I got to watch episode four over again, but I saw the first three. Um, boy, it, 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 it hit me from left field. I didn't realize how, how, yeah, it gets you hooked. Yeah, it's just during that time period when you go south like right they're nineteen in the mid nineteen fifties, there's a lot of racism. They they don't hold their punches on that. How how it's portrayed and mm-hmm. and the cre- when the creatures come out, there's you know, it's gore in there and uh and uh I think the gore effect's a little bit better than what we've seen like I think it's uh, it's CGI too, but they're really very well done and and the music is is awesome too, and uh, I really had a good time with it. Yeah, it it just tackles both like horror, supernatural, and racism with no filter. And 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 and, and when you're watching it, it's like, oh god, it's it's like, what are you getting into here? Then 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 the horror elements pop up, and it's doing a whole 360 on the whole thing. Yeah, I've got a good cast, and like uh, Michael Williams, he. He's in there uh, playing the father. Excellent actor too. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. I, that, I really don't do TV, but uh, I was really surprised. I hear good things about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take your word on that. Uh, I'll stick to binge watching uh, the boys. I'll stick to my uh, rewatches of Venture Brothers and Mike Tyson mysteries because they got canceled on Adult Swim. Oh. Yeah. So, I heard how upset you were about that. Yes, BS. That's what it is. But um, we got our first box office reports in a while from some of the theaters that have some movies. So uh, here's the last weekend's box office report from the weekend of September fourth to September sixth. So number one, of course, is Tenet with twenty million, twenty point two million dollars in twenty. Let's face it. I hate to say it, but Tenet's going to be like the number one movie of the year. That's what all Christopher Nolan wants. Box office return. The number one movie of the year. Uh, not. It has a lot of um. No, because number one is like Bad Boys for Life, isn't it? Yeah, it'll make up all that. How much did Bad Boys for Life make? You know. Mm, I think about three. Was it was it about three hundred million around there? A hundred million. Was it three hundred million worldwide? Something like that. Boy, ten. You know, like. 
if it, if it was a, a normal world, twenty million is a is a bomb. But now, I mean, in the COVID world, it's not too bad, not too shabby. Yeah. So it'll probably be make some more if people want to go. It's in two thousand eight hundred and ten theaters. I'm seeing it next weekend. This weekend. I almost said next weekend, but this weekend. <laughs> All right. I'm so excited. We'll have a full report when we meet, when we talk next week, Mac. Well, you will. I won't because I still have, I can't see it yet. Yeah, that's right. So, mm-hmm. so uh, she I'm, will. I, I'm 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 kind of debating to venture out. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> God, I do and I, I do and I don't sort of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm. Gonna, I think I might, I might wait till God. And I think about it. God, there's a theater like about three miles away from you, and you can't get it open. That's that what ticks me. That what ticks me off a little bit. This theater stayed over, and I can't go to. I'm pissed at that. I haven't been in the movie theater since February. Oh, March for me. The last movie I remember. The last movie was I seen. I could, March thirteenth. Vin Diesel's Bloodshot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing, but well, the uh, movie's, eh, uh, well for me, I eh, the movie's. Eh. It's a movie, but, but you know, I, I remember when I was. I remember it. It, it I, that's when COVID was was hitting us, but we didn't have mm-hmm. to. Work, we weren't required to wear a mask. I remember that I went. I went to the ten o'clock show that evening. It was. It was very peculiar how the staff was acting, uh, and like they're they're double scrubbing the handrails, and I go, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I was saying, "Excuse me, you guys, can we sit down?" Or oh, no problem. <laughs> I never seen that. They're wearing latex gloves. They they have little workstations near the exits. They have like a like a tall table that goes mm-hmm. like waist high, and they have a basket full of towels and. Like mm-hmm. microfiber cloths, the box of latex, and all the kind of uh, oh, yeah, uh, dis- disinfectant sprays. And then, yeah. that, then I go, I never seen that. <laughs> then, then, then when I was leaving, it, it was a dining theater, the AMC mm-hmm. dining, and I see oh, the right. crew, I see the crew of of the employees there. They're they're scrub double scrubbing the menus. Oh my god! <laughs> I go. And I go watch, and I and I went. Or I go. They're they're we're gonna close in like in they're gonna close in a few days. And, and I just feel do. like a lot of places should be wiping down menus and, in the first place. Yeah, that's yeah. nasty. You want to clean that stuff? Now here yeah. in in Cal, they're, they uh, they're not allowing the the you know the ones with the laminate. They they mm. want disposable menus. Mm. Instead, that could actually work. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. But um, number two is the new mutants. It was number one, and it made three million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel sorry for that movie. I do too. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> that movie's just like it's just like that. Mean like, come on, do but something. But you see, you see the cast now when they filmed it, and you see them now. Uh, they look they, older, right? Yeah, a lot older. Because I think they, they filmed it in like 2016, 2015, right? Yeah. Around there, yeah. 2016. Well, like freaking Anya Taylor Joy, she was just doing a split, so of course she's gonna like look a little older, like Jesus. And then Maisie Williams was doing Game of Thrones. 
So I, wanna, like, I, I still want to see that movie, though. I do, too, just to see what came out screen. I still think it should have came out on Disney Plus for free. But uh, number three, we got Unhinged, which made $1.8 million. Okay. Then uh, <sighs> <laughs> number four, Bill and Ted Face of Music made $773,108. Uh, number five, SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run, three hundred forty-five thousand dollars. I thought that was coming out next year. Well, yeah, okay, then that good. changed. It did. Yeah, because it's been released in Canada, uh-huh. I believe, in like a couple of other parts of the country. Like, I think it's, like, on other platforms. Like, I think it's, like, on CBS All Access or something like that. And it's got, like, stuff with Netflix. And, yeah. I'm not too familiar about it, though. But that was supposed to be released, like... In the summer. In the summer, yeah. yeah. Like, actually, like, last weekend, I think. I think it's going to be on VOD sometime in next January 2021. That's what maybe here is, but oh, okay. I think it would have been better though just to release it at a drive-in though. I think that's where Nick would have gotten some money. Oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves is in that too, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, he a plays ball. a tumbleweed. Wow, <laughs> he's a spiritual, <laughs> spiritual tumbleweed. I, oh yeah, I saw that in the trailer. <laughs> Boy, that guy everywhere now. It's Good such an it's such an odd pairing. <laughs> There's been weirder ones with David Hasselhoff, I remind you. And then and we had Antonio Banderas, too. Yeah. But uh, number six, we got the personal history of David Copperfield made $327,438. Number seven. Crazy with these figures, huh? I know. It's just God. a massive difference. Number seven, words on bathroom walls, $275,642. Number eight, Pen- Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan, $59,867. Uh, number nine, Cutthroat City, $56,395. And then Tulsa, at number 10, $24,600. Oh, that's why I want to see Peninsula. Same. I know um, David from Flix, he really wants to see that. Yeah, uh, the, the reception for it has been, like, they called it almost like an unnecessary sequel for it. I looked at the trailer and I'm like, listen, this like it kind of seems like it took out the charm of the first one and the heart. It just seems like an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's something similar, uh, alive on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's like a um social media type zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw part of it. Uh, one one thing I don't like about it, it's dub. It's not subtitled. Oh. Got to put the subtitles on. You got to put the closed captions on. Yeah, but you're going to hear the guy's voice, though. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, like, I like to, like, like Parasite or something. I like to see it in, the, you know, the original language. Well, no, the closed captions, I mean, is, like, you know, where you see the words on the screen. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, he, he just means, like, it's English voice Dub. actors over. over yeah. Over. Oh, 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 oh. So they, okay, I see. It's like the anime, dubbed or sub. That's what they did with the cuties one too. Hey. I saw the clip. And all, and I saw the clip that was circulating online, and I was just like, one of the girls like sounds like she has like a 
18 year old voice when she's supposed to be like 11 i'm just like yeah, oh my it's god a, it's, it's a french film but you brought it over to like american netflix and i'm like that's not good dubbing guys come on turkey yeah. turkey bandit so turkey was doing something smart i'm gonna put a hashtag title or something <laughs> no it's like kids, hashtag kids on netflix hashtag netflix pedophilia it's just about, yeah. uh, but uh that's it I think that's all we got for today. We got one more, a big announcement with Rob. Christian, you want to explain this? I've been talking a lot. Yes. Yes, yes. We, I think we've all been talking a lot today, so don't. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yourself too down, Mac. But, yeah, uh, we have a special announcement today. We are bringing on a new star to the show, and that is Rob himself. Rob Thank will be you. joining us once a month to discuss all things Blu-rays and DVDs. Maybe he has some, we'll talk Criterion collections, we'll talk 4Ks, we'll talk about special editions. So we're trying to mix it up here at the Mac Movie Review Show. And Rob's going to come in for a segment, we'll call, we're going to call it uh, Rob's Movie Corner. And um, we're just going to talk about all Blu-rays. Yep. Or maybe stuff that maybe Mac and I maybe collect around the month. Or what Rob's got, you know, saying us, right. keep your eyes out on this. So, you know, Halloween is coming up, so uh, next time I'll we'll be here, we'll be talking about, you know, some Halloween movies maybe to pick up on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, all sorts of good goodies that Rob will hopefully bring to us, you know, on the next time that he's on. So, uh, we are happy to welcome you to the uh, yeah. program now. Yeah, 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 thank you for having me. You get, yeah, again. you get no royalties, no commission, and uh, you're going to get free later. No, show me. Show me. <laughs> wow, you got clout. <laughs> yep, you get, you get paid an exposure, as a good Doug Walker told That's me. That's awesome. South yeah. yeah, I get the same thing, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, not yet. One day we'll all get paid, I promise. I know. We're, we'll work on that, Mac. We're, we're but, getting there. <laughs> but yeah, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, Rob, it's exciting. We're going to have you as oh, always. Yeah, thank little, you. Your own thank you for having me. Welcome to My the family. Pl- we're happy yeah, to have you. Yeah, thank you. And like you said, I can't wait. You mentioned before that you're trying to get a YouTube channel set up. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get more content on there and yeah, I'm working on that. And uh, I'm going to try to put more me unboxings on my uh, Instagram and all that. Yeah, so right now go follow him at Big Nag 007, I believe I'm missing. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. On Instagram on, right now. Link in the bio. So description. Thanks again. So, yep, so yeah, we're gonna, happy to have you. Yep, Rob's gonna be joining us from here on out. He's gonna get our special little segment at the end of the month for the big DVD pickups and what you should get for the month. So yeah, besides that, this has been the thirtieth aka 30th episode of the podcast and before we leave off i want to ask you what's been your favorite moment of the podcast and what's your favorite episode what's your guys favorite episode of the podcast let's talk about me for a second let's talk about this podcast we talk about some of the guests we had yeah what's your favorite episode of the mac movie reviews podcast maybe it's when i joined who knows let us know i mean i'm asking you now but yeah no, I'm asking you too. Oh. No, I'm asking you too. What are your guys' favorite episodes as well? Oh, my favorite episode? Oh, God. Both of y'all. Yeah. Oh, uh, let me think. I really enjoyed our conversation with Rob. Uh, oh, about thank you. It's like just, just talking about Blu-rays in general. I really liked 
our conversation with Jules. I really enjoyed, you know, our fanatic wasn't, you know, we were just trying to get our ways going with the watch along of the fanatic. It was funny. It was like, you know, we were, it wasn't perfect, but I just had fun watching it with Mac. That's just, you know, just something fun. And then probably my favorite one is the second Scooby-Doo because we just talked so long. The <laughs> episode I had was on and we talked about Scooby-Doo for so long and we just went yep. into deep analysis of it. And it was fun. So uh, probably that. So, but I think like every single episode I've been on with you ever since, you know, I've been on, you know, it's been a really great experience because, you know, I get to talk about films, you know, I, uh, you know, love this and been doing film for so long and, you know, getting to be a co-host on, you know, a podcast, you know, has been one of the best, you know, moments in my life. So, uh, you know, it's it means a lot. So, you know, getting to talk to you, getting to talk to a whole bunch of other guests, it's been really, really fun. So, yeah. Don't have a favorite moment, though, but those are some, you know, but, you know, do have those about, some highlights in my life. How about you, Rob? Oh, yeah, I, I just like uh, uh, the one we, you know, first introduced me. We, uh, we talk about the news and uh, about the crow and all that and and and. And even today's episode, it's just awesome. Like, you know, I'm really happy to, you guys bring me on like this. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, just talking about film. And, I, you know, this is the first time I'm really, like, David got me onto his watch-alongs a few times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, meeting all you guys. Just to interrupt you guys really quickly, if you guys don't know David, but that's Flix Talk. So go subscribe to him and go uh, check him out. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I really, you know, got on camera and all that. And, you know, especially, you know, like we got to do this during our pandemic. We can't get together. So, this, you know, it, it during the pandemic, this is one of the benefits of it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that we can, we can uh, you know, virtually get together and all that. We can't do it physically. Maybe someday we could. Maybe all of us go to a movie theater sometime. Oh, that'd you know, be awesome. You know. Yeah. You know. What's Comic Con? Like, you know, when Mac and I get more money, we'll go to California and we'll uh, Eat up. get all go to Comic Con together and we'll celebrate Comic Con and whatever is oh, fun. Yeah. When I, when we all have money one day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my favorite episode of the podcast is definitely when we interview Dead Meat James. That that's shape, one of my favorite interviews you've done. That will shape what is going. Yeah, it's just awesome. That shaped Mac reviews. What you do. And now. your other review with um, Chisel Adonis. Yeah, that was also another great interview. Thank you. It was just fun all around. But hopefully we can get some other, you know, big names like that on the show. Hopefully soon. We're trying to get some big names. We got some uh, plans uh, for the upcoming months, special events. We got all sorts of good goodies coming up for the audience. So uh, expect more from uh, not just me, but Mac. Yeah. So uh, this has been another episode, 30th podcast. I want to thank Rob for coming on as usual. You're awesome. We'll definitely see you again next Next month with your Rob Pick Corner. 
We gotta oh, come yeah. up with a name. We gotta come yeah. up with a name with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll think of something. Definitely. Well, I, I mentioned Rob's movie. I mentioned Rob's movie, movie corner. corner. Yeah. yeah, you like that? I don't know. Rob's movie yeah. corner. Yeah, sounds good. But uh, so uh, next week's uh, next time you see us, what is the next episode, Christian? Because I completely forgot. Oh yeah, next week will be our thirty-first episode, and as of right now, we will be reviewing the new Tom Holland film and Robert Pattinson. Oh, devil, the Reset. Devil All the Time. Ooh. Devil All the Time. <laughs> yeah, so expect we're gonna talk about that film. Uh, maybe Mac, maybe I'm thinking maybe like a retrospective of Robert Pattinson. Maybe that Twilight boy. Also, quick recovery because he has COVID. Yes, get better, Rob. We uh, want you back need, in action, yeah. but take your time first. Take your time. We relax. Need you back in Batman. Hurry up. Oh yeah. Relax. Enjoy. Ne- enjoy some Netflix. Watch the film that you're in now. <laughs> watch Good Time. Yeah, watch Good Time. If you guys haven't seen that or The Lighthouse, go watch that. Go watch Water for Elephants, a very underrated film. <laughs> but yeah, so that's gonna do it for us. I've been Mac. This has been Rob. This has been Christian. And we will see you all next time. Peace. Bye. Bye. We'll see you. Bye.